Welcome back to Those Happy Places, the podcast that treats theme parks, rides, and attractions like literature. I'm Buddy Duquesne. And I'm Alice White. And Alice, guess what? What? I'm hearing the strange sounds of a theme song written by Danny Elfman. Do you hear that? Oh, it's you making the noise, I see. Right. (laughs) Yes, I'm making the noise of um, the only part of The Simpsons that I know quite a lot about. The the theme song. (laughs) The theme song. A a tritonal nightmare uh, that, uh, according to the Catholic Church, does summon demons. Yes, naturally. Uh, Of course, Danny Elfman uses it in everything he's ever written. Right. Um, But that's fine. And I love it. And um, I guess that's why we are here today to talk about... Uh, not just the the Simpsons, the uh, the property, but specifically the Simpsons ride. The Simpsons, the ride at Universal Studios Hollywood and, and Florida. Universal Studios Florida. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, this is a ride of uh, some fame, some notoriety. Uh, it replaced a beloved attraction, mm-hmm. the Back to the Future ride, yes. uh, which it it's. Kind of one of the more interesting attraction adaptations in that it maintains the same movement profile yes. of the original um, with the same basic setup of the ride vehicle, um, but completely changes everything else about it. It totally changed the skin of the entire thing, line to from the time you enter the queue, from the time you sit down, and the screen that you look at while the ride is moving. However, Yes, the the movement profile, the act of being on the car, d- has not changed at all. Now, the Simpsons ride is a simulator type attraction, mm-hmm. um, but it's not like a Star Tours, which is like a box with a screen in the front. This is more like a Soarin' over California sure, or the world, or, or a Avatar Flight of Passage, right? Which is multiple ride vehicles in front of the same screen. Uh, which was innovative at the time when it was the Back to the Future ride. Uh, putting all of those ride vehicles really enhanced the amount of people you could fit. You could also make that screen enormous. That's true. And it is a huge screen uh, that projects the story that you go through, uh, either Back to the Future or The Simpsons, um, that no matter where you are in the theater... Which I put air quotes around because it's not really a... But you can't see it because it's an audio medium. Right. <laughs> um, but no matter where you are in the theater, you can't really... It, it's hard to say that you're not the focus. Like, it really does feel like you are the center of attention. Absolutely. So it's a neat little trick of perspective and space to say there are, like, a dozen little cars here all doing the same basic motions... But they all feel like they're the only car doing the motions, right. which is pretty cool. And yeah, the way that the the building is is set up, uh, the the screen having a specific curve to it, and the cars being spaced just enough that you cannot see unless you're really trying. You I cannot have, see. I have really tried. Of and course, it, I do. <laughs> it's actually cool to see the other cars doing their thing. Yeah, it's it's neat for for those of us who have been on the ride a, a million times. Yeah. You want to like see more of what the room looks like. I do it all the time on the Harry Potter, uh, the uh, Hogwarts ride, yeah. where I'm going out of my way to look down and around at the like mechanisms that make you move. And the yeah, the Simpsons ride has a really cool like layout where you 
um, you know, you're in just like a regular queue and you step into a tiny room before you get on your own personal car. Yeah. But all of a sudden then you're in the biggest room a huge like warehouse space yeah. with a dozen other cars and who knows how many other cars are, are going at the same time uh and employees of universal studios hollywood or florida I could probably just google <laughs> <laughs> they might know these things um but you're right it does have an interesting multi-stage queue mm-hmm. that's a really interesting part of it there's the the whole lead up the uh premise of the ride is that you the audience are visiting Krusty Land, mm-hmm. and so are the Simpsons, which is cool because you're at a theme park, right? And Krusty Land is a theme park. Yes, uh, it so- adds like another um, layer to the narrative, uh, like a meta narrative over the idea. You are standing in line, and you are also experiencing the narrative of what it's like to stand in line. At a theme park. Yeah. With screens that are kind of playing the same little video over and over again. Um, the the cue itself is yeah. the narrative of what it's like to be in line at a theme park. Right. And it's not just we're just waiting in line for a ride. It's we're waiting in line for a ride and we're surrounded by the trappings of other theme park attractions. Right. Like carnival games and gift shops and stuff that aren't actually real or there. Right, but they're there as part of the creation of this simulation of theme park (laughs) that is Krusty Land inside of the theme park Universal Studios. Ow! Too many layers! (laughs) Right. So I don't want to skip too far forward in the like story of the queue. Mm -hmm. But to paint this picture for anybody who's never been there, um... Yeah, you you start off in in line. It's just a regular line, and it and it weaves through, um, you know, Im- images of of Crestyland, and there's like little video monitors everywhere that are showing classic Simpsons clips, and and the beginning of it just seems like a regular old line for any old ride at Universal Studios. Right. It might as well be the Jurassic Park line. But it's very close to the Jurassic Park line. <laughs> but as soon as you get into the show building, it's almost like the pre-show, like that was the queue, and then the pre-show, which is still just more queue, yeah. but it becomes more immersive as it goes. Right. And the longer you're in line, the more immersed into the world that you are until you're taking in, taken into a smaller room. And like every, as the space narrows and as you're broken up into smaller and smaller groups of people mm-hmm. until you're just with the people you ride the ride with, um, yeah, the, the ride becomes, or the pre-show becomes more, that line between pre-show and show becomes blurrier. I actually forgot about an entire step in the pre-show until you just mentioned it, right? So there's the proper line at the beginning, mm-hmm. then you are sorted into your big room groups, that's the one with carnival games on either side, uh-huh. and then you're sorted into small room groups where you watch the safety video right. featuring Itchy and Scratchy. It's pretty funny. Yeah, but that also continues the plot, and we, we'll talk about the, the, the plot in general, but right. like the plot also continues in the safety video, right. or with the safety video. And then the doors open to the car room, and you get Which into the car. Which is even smaller. <laughs> that's true, and then you get in the car, and then the car lifts into the main room. Where the- you are then reunited with all of the other people you were in in the, the in the room with, that's, but you can't see them that's anymore. Bonkers. That's bonkers. That's wild, right? Why do you think there's so many steps? Um, I feel like it's how it's a lot of how Universal Studios runs their 
their like queue system. It's very different than how like Disney runs their 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 queue system. Sure. Um, but I would compare it similarly to anybody who's more familiar maybe with Disney than with Universal. It's similar to like the like the Star Tours queue. Sure. Where you can be outside in a line, you can be inside with the animatronic C-3PO and R2-D2 and stuff, and then you are in those little lines waiting to get onto your onto your car. But The Simpsons adds the other step of, instead of those little lines, yeah. then it's, it's as if each of those little lines got their own Star Tours ride. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think it's... I think part of that, like, dividing and dividing and dividing, it makes the whole experience feel more personal. Yeah, you it feels get like your it's happening to you. Person, your own like teen. <laughs> the the, the <laughs> joke in the ride is that teens. it's an underpaid teenager um, who leads you to your own car where yeah. you get to watch your own safety video. Right. And yeah, it becomes more personal. Or and when you're broken up into a group as small as I think only eight people can yeah. fit on that little car, and you're watching The Simpsons. It's a family of five with yeah. grandpa, so it's like six six people yeah. plus Krusty and um and Sideshow Bob. Bob. Yeah. This is only eight people on screen. Yeah. Right? And so you're... Wow. I know. Well, and then the, like, nerd... The, what they, he calls him Nerdheimer, but I don't actually remember uh, his name. It's Dr. Something. Professor Frank. Professor Frank. And um, and then the underpaid teen. Right. Who is on a different screen, though, right. altogether. Um, there's, like, a couple other people. But there's, you know, you're, you're, you shrink it down. Because part of the plot... So here's the plot. Mm-hmm. Of the story. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll come back to why there's only eight people in a room right, in a second. Because So the plot of The Simpsons ride is you're in line, and you're in line with everybody, including the Simpsons family. Right. And everybody else that you've ever seen on The Simpsons. Right. And then um, Sideshow Bob, who has it out for The Simpsons family, specifically Bart. He really wants to kill Bart, but now at this point he'll settle for all The Simpsons. Just, he hates the Simpsons family and right. he's voiced by Kelsey Grammer and he's a delight. Uh, um, literally never not great as Bob. He's so good. Every yeah. every time he speaks, he opens his mouth. I I die. I love it. Yes. Um so Sideshow Bob has snuck into Krusty Land and um <laughs> at one point is disguised as a palm tree because his hair <laughs> looks like a palm tree. Pretty good. And he um uh he manages to to sneak backstage in the ride, and Krusty is opening a brand new roller coaster. Right. The, the coolest, newest roller coaster. And he selects, quote-unquote, at random, he selects the Simpsons family to be the very first family to get to ride this roller coaster. Right. And he brings them, and then he, he leads them into the smaller room. Right. Which is where you go. Right. So you... He you says, and the Simpsons. He says, the Simpsons and, I don't know, these guys. And right. he points direct at the camera and that's you. Yeah. So you are the, the other family that's hanging out with the Simpsons. Right. It's extremely personal. So it's the Simpsons and it's you. And you go into the other room and that's where Sideshow Bob, Bob reveals his like devious plan to have everybody murdered. Right. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to kill the Simpsons. Oh, and I guess you also accidentally are going to die <laughs> Oops! <laughs> because you also got picked with the Simpsons. Well, all right, you know, yeah. whatever. I'll kill someone. He That's is, fine. he is crazy and, and, and truly murderous. Yes. Yeah. And he, um, so then you get put on the ride and in, when you're, when you're waiting in, in that, when you're in that littlest room, Sideshow Bob has revealed his grand old plan. They also reveal that Krusty Land is built on top of, or with a nuclear reactor. Yeah. And, that uh, radiation is just 
everywhere and it's super dangerous. But what, and... what radiation does in the Simpsons universe is apparently, no, because this is, this is, we're going to get into some deep Simpsons lore oh, here. Oh, good. Uh, I'm glad. Radiation does all sorts of things in the Simpsons universe. In this case, it just makes you grow. Makes you really big. If well, we're well saying, the guy, Dr. What's his name? Uh, Dr. Dr. Professor Frank. Professor Frank says, yeah. uh, you never know what yeah. the radiation will do. It yeah. could make you grow th 50 feet tall or three extra arms or an eye where your nose should be, which is painful. How was that impression? That was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, and so, but in the in this case, he uses like a little hamster as an example. He puts it into the room and he it brings it out. And the hamster goes like 50 times its size. Yeah, it's a, it's a beefy hamster now. And that's, you know, Schrodinger's nuclear reactor. Because, of course, <laughs> Maggie walks into, straight into the reactor. Right. Like, gets a right away. And, and she gets, gets, really she gets enormous. Giant Maggie. So, we, we find out all of this in the queue. Then, as the ride starts up, uh, we are lifted. Which is, this is a weird thing about the Simpsons ride. But the initial part of the ride sequence is an elevator. Mm-hmm. To bring you into the theater. Um, so the initial part of the screen sequence is the roller coaster car it's that you're on. It starts as a practical effect. That is true. It starts as a, a, a kind of a melding with you being lifted out of the box. Now the roller coaster car is also on an elevator. Mm -hmm. Which feels very odd, but I guess how they justify it is the roller coaster's still under construction, but it's open. You were in line for it. <laughs> so I don't know. But up you go, and then as you go down the first drop, Bob is like, Oh hi Simpsons, you're gonna die. Anyways, hi everyone else. You're also gonna die. So where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> and then off you go on your nearly being murdered on a roller coaster adventure. Sure. Uh uh, Sideshow Bob blows it up from underneath you. You fall. Um, you your car lands inside like a kitty ride, and then it lands into a uh, a knockoff of the Pirates of the Caribbean dinosaurs, dinosaurs of the, the Mediterranean. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so your little car that you're strapped into gets tossed around the theme park, and you see a lot of like references to other rides. You see the uh, they do Waterworld, yeah, for the a Wet moment. and Smoky Stunt you Show. You land into the Wet and Smoky Stunt Show, where it's clearly the Waterworld set. Yeah, um, and so you kind of bounce around this like what crusty lands like image of a Universal Studios type theme park would look yeah. like. All the while, you're being chased by Sideshow Bob. Uh, with chainsaws and wrecking balls and all sorts of things, he's trying to trying to kill you. Mostly trying to kill the Simpsons, but also you. Um, and that's and it's fun. It bounces you around. You you know the simulator part of it. You 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 know you duck and you twist and you turn and. Yeah. There's even a couple of implied upside down moments, which yeah. are impossible for the simulator to do, but which work pretty well with the perspective on the screen. It does. So the screen is so big. Yeah. It's like an like. Like way bigger than an IMAX screen. It's it's honestly it's like I don't know, like Flight of Passage. So I could probably look it up. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to. Employees of Universal Studios might know. <laughs> but it's so big that when um, when you show something on screen twisting and then all you do is tilt the car a little bit, yeah. it kind of feels almost like you're going upside down. It really does yeah. work. Um, and all the while Homer is making hysterical little side references and jokes about 
the wrecking ball and, and how much the... he hates this and ah, I'm scared. Oh, I'm scared. And... It's a lot of Homer. With a lot his of little, Homer. A lot of Homer with his little one-liners yeah. and, and stuff. And um, eventually then Giant Maggie comes in and is terrorizing the city of Springfield. So. Right, so you get to ride through the city of Springfield as well. Mm-hmm. Um, chasing Giant Maggie and then eventually ending up in the uh, Simpsons living room. You like mm-hmm. go through the garage and crash through and there's and a couch gag. And you do a couch gag. Yeah. Just like the beginning of every Simpsons episode. Where right. You sit on the couch but then it turns out it's a drop ride and um, that's fun. The couch drops. There's those King Kodos, the aliens, and they're like, don't you know it needs to end near the gift shop? And off you go, and then they take a picture. You can watch the whole video online it's, uh, if you don't want to write it. Or if, like, like my mother doesn't write The Simpsons ride because it makes her sick. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, if that's not, if you aren't going to make it to The Simpsons ride, or if it's the kind of thing that will make you sick, you can watch the whole video online and see. Yeah. It's like a mini episode of The Simpsons. Right. Kinda. Well, here's the thing, Alice. So so we just spent the first part of this episode of Those Happy Places, the theme park podcast that we treat theme parks, rides, and attractions like literature, sure. as you may know. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar. We just spent the first time, uh, that first part, uh, summarizing The Simpsons ride. Sure. Here's my question for you. If we were to treat The Simpsons Ride with the same scrutiny we would treat The Simpsons episodes, is The Simpsons Ride a good episode of The Simpsons? Is it entertaining? Funny? Memorable? I I am... Buddy, would you mind... I have something to say and I don't really want to say it where everybody can hear me. Right. Um, Can we go ahead and just step into my office? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. We, I don't know if we told everybody this. We are in your home. Yes, we are actively in, in, in the same in place. my house in the same place, which right. doesn't happen very often. Right, so yeah, um, we can so, just go yeah, to your office. So yeah, my office is just, um, yeah, just right over here. Okay, so I'll okay. just uh, walk um, over there. Okay, sure. Okay, well, here we are. Um, Welcome to my office. Uh, it's wow. a little cleaner than the last yeah. time you were here. Uh, I'm noticing a lot of, what is that scent in the air? It's a... Uh, like lavender? It does. Yeah. Yeah. Lavender. I'm, I'm a big fan and I recently cleaned it out. I had like a skull problem before. Sure. But we're, we're fine now. Now um, we're fine. Um, I have a confession to make. Oh? Um, I, I never watched The Simpsons. I don't know anything about The Simpsons. Um, I, uh, didn't see a full episode of The Simpsons until I was well into my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have not seen an entire season of The Simpsons, oh. and up until maybe like four days ago, I didn't, um, I didn't get The Simpsons. Okay, wow. I, I like, I know less than nothing about it. Yeah. A few days ago, um, I watched a whole bunch of episodes because it's on Disney Plus now. Yeah. But I, and like, I think I get it. Right. Now, but Maybe. I don't like know that I do. And I know we've been friends for like 15 years and The Simpsons is basically your favorite thing on the planet. Well, I mean a little bit. And I've been hiding this from you this whole time. This is a shock. It's a lot to take in. Thank you for being honest with me. I don't... Alice, I, I've got something to say. And okay. I don't really want to say it where everybody can hear it. Do you want to step into my office? Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. But, um, sorry, but we're in my house. Right, so. yeah. So if you'll just follow me through this door, then we'll just, uh... What do I've never seen this door before. Oh my gosh, are we in your office? Yeah, we are. And if you'll notice, uh, all around the walls here, it's just, it's just Simpsons stuff. It's, it's just Simpsons paraphernalia. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of Simpsons stuff. And... <gasps> You know, uh, Alice, I don't know if you know this about me, but I am actually the nation's foremost scholar on The Simpsons. I mean, yeah, I have no reason to doubt that statement in any way whatsoever. And outside of the fiction of this bit, I actually have done actual scholarly research on The Simpsons. That's a true thing that, <laughs> that I've is, done. That <laughs> is true, and and, the, and that's why I apologize to you so thoroughly um, for not... For not getting The Simpsons. Right, and like The I Simpsons... Like, I don't get it. The Simpsons is a good show. Well, yes. The Simpsons was a good show. Uh, now The Simpsons is a show that I try not to pay any attention to because it just disappoints me. But ten seasons of The Simpsons were absolute gold, and uh, I know them very, very well. Uh-huh. Uh, and the thing about The Simpsons that you gotta understand is it's never been about the jokes. I mean, it has been about the jokes. The jokes are funny. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, when you and I were talking about The Simpsons just about four days ago, when you were starting to get The Simpsons, uh, we talked about how it's really a show about a family. Right. And what's important about the show, maybe more than the moments that make you laugh, are the moments that make you feel the way that the family does. It's a powerful show about a family that for all of its dysfunction cares deeply about each other right that is something that i think that i i have come to to realize over the last uh few days that that when i was a little younger or when i was not um permitted to be watching the simpsons when i was like a child we were pretty young when it when it premiered um, actually, we weren't born yet when it, uh... uh the <laughs> first episode of The Simpsons, to date myself just a little bit, is, um, almost exactly one year older than me. Yeah. The first, the first, like, TV episode right. of The Simpsons. Is, yeah, is, we're pretty much the same age as The Simpsons. Yeah, pretty and, much. um, so I wasn't, uh, permitted to watch it a lot when I was younger, and then I had other, you know, watched other things, never really got into it. Um, thankfully streaming has like opened me to it. And so what I've realized over the last four days is where I thought that the show was about, it was like a comedy about a family of silly yellow people. Yeah. Um, where, or, or, to, to maybe like frame it different, I was at a, at, we were at like a good age when Family Guy premiered. That I was allowed to watch that when right. it came on. And so I, I developed a taste for Family Guy when I was younger. And The Simpsons was, like, different. But then it kind of evolved to be a little more like Family Guy. That's Family true. Guy was really popular. Yeah. And so I kind of always thought they were all the same type of show. This is a silly comedy. And we can do sillier things in it because it's a uh, animated and we can do crazier things with it because these aren't real people that we're putting in danger for dangerous stunts and stuff like yeah. that. And I thought it was supposed to be really goofy. Yeah. And over the last few days, have been watching a lot of like really early Simpsons and have come to realize that this is a show that is about. It's like deeper than it, and more wholesome than it comes off. Yeah. Um, like by either by reputation or or by like commercials for it or whatever that I found myself after a lot of episodes kind of sitting back and going huh 
that was that was sadder than I expected it to be or that was deeper or that was like more intense than I thought that it was going to be yeah. and I've um and that has endeared the show to me quite a bit and I'm glad now that I can watch uh, more of it yeah um to tie this back to our initial question yeah um <laughs> Uh, does The Simpsons ride accurately or or in any way sum up what it's like to be in The Simpsons, you know, or to be like a good episode of The Simpsons? I don't think so. I don't think it does. I think you're right. I do agree. It's not a good episode of The Simpsons at all. It's not even really... It's not even a really good sampler platter of The Simpsons, where you get, like, a little bit of each of the characters and maybe get, like, introduced to The Simpsons. I feel bad for people for whom this is their first Simpsons thing. Right. Actually, I kind of feel bad for people for whom the Simpsons movie is their first Simpsons thing, too. Right. Like, if that's the first thing you're getting of The Simpsons, it's not even B-grade Simpsons, honestly. It's like it's like C or D grade Simpsons. It's Simpsons at its most mediocre without any of the heart and the soul and creativity that made it such an important show for at least the first 10 years that it was on the air. Right. I don't expect a theme park ride to make me go at the end of it be like, "Oh, that was nicer and deeper and more wholesome than I expected it to be. I wonder if a theme park ride can do that, though. That's what I don't know. I think, like, in this however long we've been making this show, yeah. I don't I don't know if we found one that does. And I feel like it's not, like, the point. Um, maybe the closest one. Um, the, okay, yeah. The closest thing that has made, made me do that would have been Avatar Flight of Passage. Hmm. Where at the end of it, we all kind of sat back and went... Wow. Like, whoa. I did not see any of that coming. I feel better, like, and more, like, more, like, worldly almost (laughs) after having written it. Ah, now that I've had this deep and unique experience of this theme park ride. I mean, like, kind of. Flight of Passage really was that good. And um, it was, like, it was, like, emotional and it... I'm not even that connected with the Avatar, like, IP, but I found myself almost wanting to be. Yeah. Um, it had a lot of, a lot of emotion and a lot of, like, like, soul to it. And a lot of it was music and a lot, but it was, like, really immersive where they, like, deliberately, like, tugged at your heart to make you feel like you were part of, part of things and part of it. Um, I don't think that. The Simpsons, the Simpsons ride not only doesn't do that, I don't think it wants to do that. No, it wants to make you laugh mm-hmm. and remember how much you like The Simpsons. You're right. And, and you know, just like The Simpsons movie, The Simpsons ride is coming out well past the heyday of The Simpsons. Right. Um, and it's arriving at an awkward time for Universal Studios as a theme park. It's arriving while replacing a classic attraction. Mm-hmm. So it... It feels like it has a chip on its shoulder. The pre-show, all of the clips of The Simpsons are gold. Yeah. Like Canyon Arrow. Can- <laughs> I was going to say the Canyon Arrow You're going to say Canyon Arrow. It's so good. Right? And it's like, wow, like that is what The Simpsons can be. And yet, 
when you get on the ride, it's so fast. It's fast. It's a lot of like throwaway one-liners. It's a lot of um, like it's a lot of like references to theme parks. Really, really niche references to niche, theme parks. Niche references to theme parks that like I didn't think that Homer or Bart or anybody would like know that much about theme parks, yeah. but they almost seem to to take it in stride. Like, like they're I don't know. They seem to know things about the theme parks or how theme parks work that they shouldn't know hmm. and don't explain why. But am I asking too much? Are we asking too much from The Simpsons? I, you, the foremost scholar of The Simpsons? As asking- the nation's foremost scholar on The Simpsons, listen, your honor, I might just be a humble scholar of The Simpsons, but I do believe that I am an expert witness in this case. Sure. Um, and I would say you might be asking too much of The Simpsons ride. You might be asking too much of, because of all of the circumstances surrounding it and what it needs to be, you might be asking too much. I mean, why do we end up in Maggie's mouth at the end of the ride? Oh, because we end up in the um, we end up in the mouth of the T Rex in the Back to the Future ride. Right, and that moment must exist, not because it's a fun reference, and those who remember the Back to the Future ride will have a laugh, but because that car's got to move like that right then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to do that quick back and forth, like, yeah. oh no, we're trying to escape, but we can't. Right. And it's a weird limitation to give yourself uh, in terms of writing a script for a theme park ride and pacing it out and deciding how it's going to look and feel. I mean, it, it honestly feels like a paint job at that point. Right. And a paint job is not the same as a story. Uh, it can approach a story, but it's not quite the same. Now, I feel like we're being really harsh, so I'd like to back it up. <laughs> Things I love about this ride. I love the boarding sequence. Mm-hmm. I love the Itchy and Scratchy uh, safety, video. safety video. I mean, like, what else are you going to do for a safety video for the for the Simpsons ride, right? Yeah. I actually love that it's a Sideshow Bob episode. Yeah. I mean, in... in the seasons that I love. Sideshow Bob as a recurring character. First, framing Krusty for robbery mm-hmm. and getting sent to jail. Then getting out of jail and marrying Aunt Selma so that he can get close and kill Bart. Uh-huh. Uh, but first, kill Selma. Kill Selma for insurance <laughs> right. money. And, and, and then kill Bart. Um, then getting out and running for mayor and trying to kill Bart that way. <laughs> um, and then hijacking a blimp. Have you gotten to that one No, yet? I haven't seen that. <laughs> and trying to kill Bart with that. <laughs> um, ooh, uh, eventually he uh, chases the Simpsons down to a point where they have to um, go into witness protection, move out of Springfield onto a houseboat, and then he hijacks the houseboat and tries to kill Bart. Wow. Like, oh. There's the one with the brother from another series where Frasier's brother... Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, David Hyde Pierce. Right. Just the voice of Side, side Show. Uh, it's it's his brother, uh, oh geez, um, Cecil. Okay. <laughs> He's not Sideshow Cecil. He's it's... just Cecil because he wanted to be Sideshow Cecil, but 
when he went to audition for the Krusty show, Bob won the audition accidentally, even though Cecil had been preparing for years to be a sideshow yeah. clown. So it's David I. Pierce who is the who is the actor who plays Kelsey Grammer's brother in, in Frasier. Right. The, the, the show that made the two of them famous. Right. And- exactly. So and in, in that one he tries to kill Bart on a dam, but actually he's not trying to kill Bart. His brother's trying to kill Bart. It's great. Fascinating. It's a lot of fun. Anyways, Sideshow Bob is this recurring character who gets progressively more ridiculous because he's essentially a cameo, um, and also coming up with reasons for Sideshow Bob to try to kill Bart or the rest of the Simpsons um, is great. And having Sideshow Bob as the impetus for this is, uh, I think, a much stronger choice than some of the more obvious villain choices, like a Mr. Burns episode. Mm-hmm. like. Or Krusty's negligent, and that's the point. Like, sure. Instead, we've got this nice villainous presence of Sideshow Bob with a great voice actor doing a great top of the line performance for it. Sure, it works for me. I was just thinking that I think you're you're right. This is a Sideshow Bob episode. It's also like very deliberately a Krusty the Clown episode. Yeah. Who is a, a recurring character on the show and is like really important to a lot of the like lore of the show, as yeah. far as I can tell. Everything is crusty themed yeah. forever. Um I think a lot of the the jokes, a lot of the like references on the ride. I'm thinking specifically of the point where the car is like flying through the air and crashes through a billboard and the billboard reads send money to Universal Studios. Yeah. That's a Krusty the Clown joke. Oh yeah. That is a hundred percent. That's not just Simpsons. That is specifically Krusty the Clown. That's sort of meta pointing out like Pay me money. Right. Like (laughs) Like, oh actually this is a cash grab. Uh yes. That's a crust so this isn't it's a and it, and it is like that. I think maybe the humor that is chosen and like that, that kind of joke is chosen because Krusty Land, it, it, the ride is Krusty Land. Yeah, maybe, yeah, it's The Simpsons. You call it The Simpsons Ride. Um, and you but ride if The Simpsons the Ride Simpsons, had a subtitle, it would be, be The Simpsons Ride the, colon. The Krusty the Clown Adventure. <laughs> or Krusty Land Catastrophe with a K. Yes, catastrophe. Very right. good. Yes. Um, and so I think that I think it's Im- important. I think maybe yes, maybe we're being a little too harsh on it on it and the humor before. I just keep thinking of that line that he, that Homer has when the wrecking ball falls off and starts like rolling down, and uh, Homer says, uh, "Don't attack me, ball. We're <laughs> both uh, large and round and never graduated high school." You sound so much like Sideshow Sci- Sci- Cecil right now. Thank like you. you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because I don't know him. But hey, uh, hey, kids, it's me, Sideshow Cecil. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, you. That's my David Hyde Pearson impression. <laughs> Um, but Homer, so Homer makes that joke, and it's like like a really bad, it's a really bad joke. Yeah. And then he keeps, he can't go more than like three and a half seconds keeps without making ball jokes line or another joke about like, the ball. He's like, oh, we're both this. round. Oh, I'm flying on the ball. That's scary. Has and anybody bad to seen me. a ball? <laughs> and it's like right behind him, and it's it's like slow down, Homer. Um, but like, so yes, I'm being a little hard on the, on the ride for that kind of humor yeah. or that kind of like. Like, you can't let a joke breathe or anything at all. Um, but I think that's also because, I guess it's because it's a Krusty the Clown episode. Like, Krusty oh. the Clown is, this is not a Simpsons, the Simpsons didn't write this dialogue. The Simpsons aren't speaking like normal. This is like a Krusty the Clown joke. The whole thing is 
Because Krusty's humor is a little abrasive and a little difficult sometimes. A little cheaper, a little sleazier. Yeah, a lot sleazier. And so maybe that's, you know, like a big influence in the dialogue and the pacing of this of this ride. That's an interesting take. And I I don't completely disagree. Mm-hmm. But if this is the Simpsons ride <laughs> and there will never be another unless for some reason there will be now that Disney owns the Simpsons, I assume that the next theme park expansion will be another Springfield USA but Disney and not Universal and we'll see whatever that is. Um it's you just, just made a face like I can't imagine it. No, it's no. This sorry. The next um, Springfield USA um, ride is or or like land or whatever. It's literally like thirty miles of a Springfield replica, and it stretches from Anaheim to uh, Studio City, where Universal is. <laughs> and it's it's just they just eminent domain. <laughs> 30 miles. Disney is not the government yet. <laughs> they might as well be. They run the city they of Anaheim. Eminent domain. <laughs> they eminent domain 30 miles of Los Why Angeles. Why did you and, verb eminent domain? <laughs> and turn it into. All right, fine. It's Florida then. <laughs> they gonna, can't eminent domain. They're going to eminent Florida. domain all of Florida. That's just true. all of Orlando and turn it into a recreation of Springfield, USA. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and. and Speaking of cash grabs, right, the the ride is clear about the fact that you should exit through the gift shop. They say it. There will be a photo. Go purchase that. And it, I mean, you're right. It cheapens the experience, but maybe that's the point. And maybe that's the, that's the joke. The whole joke. And maybe us sitting here being like, man, it's not as emotional as that episode where we find out that Homer's working this crappy job that he for hates Maggie. for Maggie. Do it for her. And like <laughs> Wow. That job that, that episode is is heartrending and heartmending. <laughs> it's yeah, beautiful. It is. It really is. But I mean what are you going to turn that into a ride? Do it do it now. Make me care. Make me cry. <laughs> make Simpsons me, ride. Make me cry at your theme park. Yeah, no, and you can't. It's got to be fun. And and it can't I I guess I I wish that I had known more about the Simpsons or or known what the Simpsons like like could be or maybe I'm, maybe it's good that I didn't maybe it was better that I went into the Simpsons ride like blind about the Simpsons and had more fun on it yeah now that I know what it what it is and like what it can be it's a little more um disappointing, disappointing. yeah um, I wonder do you remember when we first went on the Simpsons ride that must have been years and years ago when we went on the Simpsons ride for the first time very soon after it opened um was I upset <laughs> I don't remember if you were upset I I hmm, I think you didn't have a lot at the time to say about the ride itself. I think you were really excited about you were you were hyped about that Canyonera joke in the in the queue. It's a good joke. You were really really <laughs> excited about that. You were singing it for the rest of the day. I love Canyonero. Canyonero. <laughs> go Canyonero. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, you were singing it for the rest of the day and you were like ready to go check out like they have the little mini, they have uh, the convenience store quickie like Mart. facade yeah. set up, and oh no, it's not a facade; it's an actual store. Yeah, there's you a Quickie Mart there. and there's a most most tavern. You, you were really excited to run around like in the world of The Simpsons. Yeah, and I think at the time we we were pretty young. I think at the time you weren't like 
super concerned with like plots of theme park rides. Like we've always loved theme parks and, <laughs> and rides and attractions, but I don't think we ever. I remember the first day I was concerned with plots of theme parks rides. It was uh, yeah. March 1st, 2016. <laughs> Wait, what year was it? March 1st, 2018. When we started when this we podcast. When we started this podcast. <laughs> no, we just weren't, like, we were more, I think, focused on how many times we can ride the Jurassic Park ride in a row. It was and nine. It was nine. It was nine times. And, um, but I do... I do remember I went with you to see the Simpsons movie. Yeah. And that was my first exposure to the Simpsons. Yeah. I had never had never watched the Simpsons before. I went with you to see the movie. And I remember you being very disappointed. I remember thinking it was hilarious. <laughs> um a lot of like really solid dome jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and, a lot of dome jokes though. And I um and you were like mad about it at the end. And I was like, why would you be mad about it? Because it was like funny. Yeah. And but you you understood, and you've always understood what The Simpsons like could do with narrative, and like that, like that, like postmodernist, like meta narrative of what a family is and can be. Um, let's joke about the classic sitcom by making a classic sitcom, except it's a cartoon, and everybody's yellow, and the character design is very strange. Yeah, but the plots are not strange; they're very straightforward, very like. Any any show could have a plot about Homer doing it doing it for Maggie working yeah. that that bad job for his for his sweet little girl mm-hmm. and any any sitcom can do it but it becomes different and more of a commentary on what we expect in our media when it's a cartoon which is typically a media made for children yeah and you've always understood that and I don't and I don't think I ever did so I don't remember if you were mad about the ride back then yeah um but I do. I do remember going, like, later and being like, all right, what should we ride next? Should we go on The Simpsons? And you being like, yeah, we can take or leave The Simpsons ride. Like, yeah, it's never been something that you're like, no, we have to, we have to be, no, what we have to do is go ride Jurassic Park as many times in a row as as we can. Again, it was nine. It was Uh, nine times. You know, the, the thing is, the, the biggest crime that was ever committed for The Simpsons was, Pretenders to the throne rising from the ether to <laughs> do, do quote unquote, just like the Simpsons did. I'm talking about your South Parks, your family guys. Yeah. Uh, Where these... they, they want to skewer the idea of the sitcom, but instead of just making a good sitcom and making it funny, they like tear apart like convention yeah. and take cynicism as humor. Yeah. Um, or or taking jokes as far as you can for humor right. or or you know just just deconstructing jokes until they're not jokes anymore for humor yeah, anti humor that was yeah. very popular in the early to mid 2000s yeah and like what we lost along the way was the heart of the simpsons and the kind of wholesomeness of the show and there there are shows like that now i think bob's burgers is a lot like the simpsons used to be mm-hmm. um but you know there are Things about The Simpsons that don't hold up, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now that you're experiencing it fresh, you're like, yes. there are some yikes jokes in yeah, there. there was, yeah, there was a joke in an episode I was watching, like, last night. Yeah. Where they made, they made a joke and I went, oh, that's not great. No, it's not. And then I had to look up what year it came out and it came out in, like, 92. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, that's why they said it. Because it's but nearly wow. 30 years old. Whew. Yeah. 
And that's the thing is is now we're talking about a show that has been on the air for so long that it has been on for some people's entire lives. A lot of people's entire Our lives. Our entire lives. Exactly. And a show that has while it has evolved, maybe hasn't evolved as much as it should have, but also maybe evolved in directions that it shouldn't have. So the problem with The Simpsons now is that it's not 1992 to 1997. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not its fault, but it it's definitely something that I sometimes wonder. Like, I was excited to live in the world of The Simpsons, mm-hmm. if even for a moment. And I think The Simpsons ride and Springfield, USA surrounding it delivers on that to a certain extent. It is fairly immersive. For yeah. a cartoon world... That you shouldn't be able to, like, walk your human body through. Yeah. It actually does a pretty good job of making you feel like you're there. Yeah. And the donuts are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, the Simpsons world, the town of Springfield, and even their house, is not set in stone. Right. There's no definitive floor plan or map of the city. Uh, there are various interpretations of it. Uh, a very famous one being, like, Simpsons Hit and Run. Where you are a, uh, you drive a lot, and you drive around is the that Springfield. The game? It's a video game, yeah. Oh. Uh, you play as each member of the family, and you drive around the city of Springfield, and it, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty realistic take on like the map of Springfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, what Springfield is is like a series of locations where cool things can happen, right? So right. like having the Quickie Mart and having Moe's and having this cool Krusty Land thing—that's just like it's it's enough. It works, and. There's a lot about it to admire, but looking at it now, and even as young of a ride as it is, it might be time to say goodbye to that ride, in my opinion. It feels old. And it does. It it might have felt old as soon as it opened. It felt like it was trying to prove something about itself. Do you think that the ride would have been improved by the the screen that you're watching and the animation that you're watching if it had been hand-drawn instead of CGI. Do you think that would have helped? Ooh, this is a, a very old question about The Simpsons. There's a Treehouse of Horror episode where Homer drops into the third dimension, and it's our first view of a Simpsons character rendered in 3D. I'm uncomfortable when I see The Simpsons rendered in 3D. Yeah, it, Homer is too round. It weirds me out. <laughs> it weirds me out. I think, He's round like a beach ball. Yeah, that's the thing. And so there are many video games where The Simpsons are rendered in 3D. And they look a lot like they look on The Simpsons ride. And that's actually kind of a problem for me, too. So The Simpsons ride is completely computer-generated, rendered in three dimensions. And it lacks all of the nuance and style of the original 2D animation. I don't know what to tell you. All of the pre-show is in 2D. All of it's in 2D. Beautifully done. that, That weirds me out when I ride the ride... And it's like, I go from watching that cute 2D um, animation of the Itchy and Scratchy safety video, and even that, like, loop of the 2D animation that's um, the that teenager trying to study for his math test. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and he's, he's has his math book upside, upside down, down yeah. and everything, and he's like, all right, everybody be quiet. I have to study for my math test. <laughs> and, um, and he's just supposed to be, you know, like that underpaid teenager that hits go on the ride you yeah. know but he's on a loop while you wait for the ride before you to finish yeah. and and stuff and he's 2d and he's cute and you walk in and you sit down and then it goes up and it's a practical effect yeah of the like first part of the roller coaster yeah and then it's 
all CG. Yeah. And it doesn't look anything like what you've already been watching. And it doesn't really look good. No, it doesn't look good. It looks far worse than a modern CG animated film. Yes. It looks far worse than a contemporary CG animated film to the year that it came out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It looked worse than what year? What year did it even I don't even out? know. Oh, eight? No. It opened in... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Nice. Okay, so... Uh, in uh, A Pixar movie that came out in 08. Wally. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So... Compare it to Wally. <laughs> yeah, to try to compare it to Wally, which is maybe... Maybe the mo- one of the most beautiful uh, Pixar movies ever ever made. And it's a stunningly animated it's, film. It's got animated character designs that are designed for 3D CG. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's an hour and 45 minute long film-ish. Um, whereas The Simpsons, Simpsons Ride is... You know, eight-ish minutes eight-ish long. Eight-ish minutes long. It would not have been that difficult... I mean, of course it's difficult because visual effects artists are, are in, and animation It wouldn't have are, been out of the question. ...are insanely talented yes. and, and whatever. But it wouldn't have been out of the question to render a really good animation for you to fly through. Yeah. It feels cheap. Whereas yeah. every other inch of that ride is obsessively designed and absolutely gorgeous. There's a lot of care in that ride. There's a lot of a, a lot of that lot original of heart is in some of those details. Signs that have a fun joke in them. The 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 part of the queue where you're waiting in line and all of those little like carnival rides are on the side, and you've got Patty and Selma and Apu and Ned Flanders uh, and um, uh, Groundskeeper Willie and Groundskeeper Willie who are all like running carnival rides in this imaginary crusty land. Yeah. Um, who I'll get a moment to, like, make a little joke about the kind of booth that they're running. Yeah. And it's cute. It is. And it's funny. Yeah. And that mini movie that is the, uh, Sideshow Bob, uh, taking Krusty by gunpoint and being like, all right, uh, the Simpsons are coming with me and, and whatever. Yeah. Everything up until the actual ride itself, all of the pre-show is so good. Yeah. I just r- want to walk through the line a couple of times. Or That's sometimes when we've been the only ones in line, mm. at before Hogwarts opened, before <laughs> Hogsmeade and, and Harry Potter opened, mm. sometimes we would show up at Universal Studios and be one of like 200 people in the park. Sure. Is it like, ha- used to happen all the time when yeah. we were younger. And we could and have just gone through the line of the Simpsons ride and just stood in front of one of the TVs mm. and just watched the Simpsons clips yeah. a few times. Yeah. Where we can watch the Canyon Arrow video like three or four times. <laughs> Look, I love the Canyon Arrow. <laughs> and then just walk on to the ride. Right. And and then ride the ride and it's fine and it's fun and ooh, we can crack jokes and be silly teenagers and we're the only ones in the in our car. We don't have to share it with anybody. Right. Back in the day. Right. That would is not true now. No. Universal Studios is more popular than it's ever been before. Right. Um I just, I, I, I wonder what happened. Did they run out of money or something? What happened for them to have suddenly lost a lot in the in the making of the like show itself? I think my guess, because you know, unless unless we can go and find some notes or some report from back then explaining what happened. I think it was, at the time, considered to be one of the only practical ways to get it done. I mean... I guess. You can render a full environment. You can fly people through the video game. And why not do it that way, right? 
So, at the end of the day, it was... I don't know. Whatever the reason. It's what we got. Right? It's what we got. And I like it. I ride it every time I'm at Universal. Sure. I think it's fun. Yeah. Um, but I, I think maybe it's a Universal problem. Because I think, I think the Hogwarts ride, um, the Forbidden Journey, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, yeah. has a similar problem. And we covered this in a different episode of the show. Where we don't know where it fits in canon. Yeah. Because it's more a series of set pieces and a series of, like, references than it is, like, a plot. Yeah. Whereas, like, a like Disney can give you three and a half minutes on a stupid little cart and tell you the entire story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah. Well, except for <laughs> anything about the third act. But, yes. <laughs> but, you, you know, you get, like, a plot, you know? Whereas, I guess the, the plot of The Simpsons ride is just... Oh no, you're about to get killed, and then you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the ride. That's the plot of a lot of rides. Um, I guess it, feel, it just feels like a uni- like a universal. The something's gone wrong right. plot of a universal ride. In fact, this one, this this plot is very similar to the Jurassic Park or Jurassic World plot, which is welcome to the theme park. Oh no, well, something bad at the theme park. <laughs> I mean, Sideshow Bob is exactly a T Rex in this. Oh yeah. Even though Maggie is our actual T-Rex. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Who eats you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Alice, I guess that our uh, conversation about the Simpsons ride and its uh, place in Simpsons history is coming to an end. Uh, unfortunately, we yes, we do have to wrap up this conversation, but the uh, conversation about theme parks, rides, and attractions continues on the internet. Hey! That's my favorite theme park, the internet. I love the internet. Uh, And the great part is that while admission prices keep rising, it's only Comcast's fault. So So anyways, uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Buddy underscore Duquesne. Duquesne is spelled D-U-Q-U-E-S-N-E. And I'm at Alice White THP on both uh, Twitter and on Instagram. And and hey, uh, friends of the podcast... Here's something I haven't said in a while. Um, join us on our Patreon. Oh yeah, patreon.com slash those happy places. Special thanks to Charles Gustine and Aslam Chowdhury. Yes. Who are giving us a D-ticket level uh, patronage every month. Every month they uh, get to have their name read on the show and other special features that come with being a patron. And if that sounds like something cool to you, if you're a fan or you want to help us out, join us again at patreon.com slash those happy places we love that and we love you we love you for listening and even if joining us on patreon is not something you can do at the moment you can help out the show in other ways you can join our discord server you can send us ask us for a link on on twitter or via email those happy places at gmail.com or if you're not into discord what you can do the just super helpful thing you can do is head on over to bit.ly slash thp survey and fill out that survey. We have a, a handful of questions about what you like about the show or what you content you'd like to see more of. And we've had a lot of really good responses to it and it's been up for a while. And I'd love to hear more uh, about how we can make the show really good for you, the listener. That's true. 
Now, Alice, there is some music in this episode. I love music. Where Me did this too. music come from? Uh, it came from Kevin McLeod. Uh, he's a musician on the internet, which, again, is the best theme park in the world. Love the internet. Um, you can find all of his music at Incompetech.com, and we use his music under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution license, which simply requires that we say thank you to him at the end of the episode. So, thank Thanks, you, Kevin. Kevin. Uh, now, you may be hearing the sweet strains of our theme music. What a beautiful song this is. It's called Golden Gate by the California Feet Warmers featuring Phil Alvin. Yeah, and you can find all of their music at CaliforniaFeetWarmers.com. Uh, thank you to the Feet Warmers for the use of this song. Yes, and thank you to the yes, thank you to the feet warmers, and thank you to you, Betty, for uh, being such a, a wonderful, excellent, excellent co-host. Well, Alice, thank you for indulging me and spending the rest of this episode in this my office, which is richly appointed with all of the Simpsons merchandise it's, in the world. It's quite quite yellow. That's Very the thing upsetting. is that it's a lot of yellow, <laughs> and it's kind of hard to look at. But y- your eyes will adjust eventually. I'd like to go home now. Thank you. Okay. Well, I will let you go home now, and to everyone out there. Thank you for listening, and we hope you return to those happy places. 